It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and you are indeed locked on magic today is november 13th 2020 my name is philip ross i'm the expert insight editor over at orlando magic daily.com you can follow me on twitter at philip rr underscore op on today's episode of locked on magic the latest trade rumor involving the orlando magic we don't get so few of those and what it says about the team and what they're trying to do before the draft on wednesday We'll also talk about my pick and my selection and the Locked On NBA Mock Draft in a little bit more detail, what I was thinking, what I was trying to do uh, as we tried to get the best player we could. Don't forget, though, before we do any of that, to check out the latest episodes of all the great Locked On podcasts, especially Locked On NBA. The Locked On NBA Mock Draft is going on right now. All our episodes are airing, so get your complete draft preview by going back to Wednesday's episode, listening to the first five picks, then going to Thursday's episode, and listening to the next five picks and then going to today's episode, Friday, November 13th, to listen to my pick, along with the other guys that are picking in this NBA draft. We have complete analysis of all the things that we do. Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated breaks down the draft prospects. Brad Rowland and Josh Lloyd host the show and break all the draft picks down. We'll hear from Brad a little bit later on in today's show. You also get trade analysis, because as GMs, we can make trades from John Hollinger. See, see the real guy criticize us armchair general managers. Check out Locked On NBA today, as well as the other great podcasts on Locked On Podcast Network. No matter what team you're looking for, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On Podcast for you. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Before we dive into who I picked in the Locked On NBA mock draft, we have a rumor. Don't have a lot of those here in Magic, uh, Magic Town, but we do have a somewhat juicy draft rumor. I wouldn't call it the the greatest thing in the world or or the biggest rumor in the world. It's something that, frankly, we kind of expected. I don't think this was an unexpected thing to hear. But Kevin O'Connor in his latest mock draft, updated November 12th, so yesterday, reported league sources say the Magic are attempting to move up into the lottery by packaging this pick with Aaron Gordon. That got some people a little bit angry. Every time that I've proposed a trade, it usually involves Aaron Gordon. He is the most marketable and, and frankly, probably the highest value player that the Magic are willing to give up. The fact of the matter is that, yes, Orlando has Jonathan Isaac waiting in the wings next year. They have Chuma Okiki. They have Alfred Camino under contract. Aaron Gordon is very much the player that's getting squeezed out, for better or for worse. I'm not entirely convinced that the Magic want to trade Aaron Gordon or are willing to trade Aaron Gordon for anything. They want something of value. They want something they want. 
as I've said throughout this whole offseason, every trade the Magic make from this point forward must have purpose. It must fill a need. It must fit the long-term vision of this team. It doesn't matter to me, as some people sometimes accuse me, it doesn't matter to me if the Magic trade Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, or Evan Fournier. I expect all three to be gone in the next two years, to be perfectly frank. But it, what matters to me is what you get back. Now, certainly Evan Fournier is maybe a little bit of a different situation on the last year of his contract. I would expect that the Magic are going to probably fish around for him very seriously around the trade deadline and see what whatever they can get. And if they get something they like, they will pull the trigger, barring playoff stuff. But... That's what this is all about. As I always say around these times of years when trades pick up, take rumors with a grain of salt, especially when they involve the Magic, because the Magic do not leak anything. The Magic are as tight-lipped as anyone else. I mean, just watch the Matt Lloyd, Orlando Magic pod squad, and Matt Lloyd pretty much said, if I talk about any draft prospects, the hole at the bottom of my office is going to open up and I'm going to be you know, eaten up. I'm going to be encased in carbonite, is, is, how, is how he joked about it. The Magic run a very tight ship when it comes to the draft. They do not allow information to leak. And frankly, with, with trades, they do not allow information to leak. Having said that, does not surprise me that this is something that is going on. So again, with all draft rumors, ask yourselves these questions. What does it mean? For, forget the specific rumor. Ask yourself, what does this rumor say about what the league maybe is thinking about what the Magic are doing or what the Magic seem to be signaling with these conversations? No doubt the Magic are looking to make sure they get a quality player in this draft. Without much room to work with in in salary cap and in free agency, the best way for them to improve is in the draft. And every opportunity, and you know, one criticism that I think a lot of us have had for Jeff Waltman, and I am among them, the Magic have not maximized opportunities in the draft. They've gotten good players. I think Jonathan Isaac uh, was a great pick. I think Mo Bamba will still prove himself to be a solid pick. But certainly later in the draft, they've fumbled a little bit. Anzis Pesechniks was... Um, not a great pick with some guys on the board. They they traded that traded that draft traded that pick away and really you know got the pick that they eventually used to get Marco Fultz. So there was something there. Um, Wesley Wendu's turned out to be a great pick, but underutilized. Melvin Frazier never really got his chance. You know Justin Jackson you know is no longer with the Lakeland Magic. The last time I checked, Chumo Kiki is still a big mystery. So there is at least some criticism and I think some fair criticism that the Magic have not maximized their draft opportunities quite yet. Not that they've drafted poorly, they just haven't maximized them. And so it does seem to make sense that the Magic want to make sure that they get a player that they want to build with and build around. Or not maybe not build around, but build with and help this team kind of grow and get to the next level. At this point, everyone around the league understands an Aaron Gordon trade feels inevitable. I'm an Aaron Gordon optimist. I felt like he had one more year with Jonathan Isaac to figure out if it worked. I thought that... I thought that the two could figure it out, that it probably wouldn't work, but they earned another year to figure it out. Obviously, that year is gone. Jonathan Isaac is gone. And what the Magic have to weigh now is what are their goals for this season? What are they trying to accomplish in the 2021 season? Frankly, with Jonathan Isaac out, Aaron Gordon has a lot more value to the Magic than he would otherwise. The Magic need his scoring and playmaking from that position. They need someone that they can really trust to, they need scores, and Aaron Gordon is still one of the better, you know, for better or worse, Aaron Gordon is one of the better scorers on this team. And so, to me, I felt like if the Magic were going to, you know, keep Aaron Gordon around, this would be kind of his last chance to prove what his potential is. This would have been his last audition for the Magic, and certainly an audition for the rest of the league. I thought that I, I still think that keeping Aaron Gordon around uh, 
would be a good thing for him and for the Magic as a way to try and pump up his trade value and really kind of explore how how much better he can be individually. Last year was an injury-filled season. I do think that what we saw after the All-Star break is closer to what Gordon can be. But again, consistency has always been the issue with Aaron Gordon. The fact of the matter is, no matter how popular he is, no matter how much people still believe in him, he is the most marketable player on the Magic's roster. He's the player that they are most likely to get the most for, and the player they are probably most willing to deal because of all that future stuff, because of that inevitability that seems to be on the horizon. That doesn't mean the Magic aren't looking for trades for Nikola Vucic. That doesn't mean the Magic aren't looking for trades for Evan Fournier. That doesn't mean the Magic aren't looking for trades for everyone on the roster. As we talked about yesterday with Russell Westbrook, they have the framework and they have the pieces to go make the big deal that fans have been waiting for. But obviously, obviously, there's still work to do. And and obviously, making a deal and finding the right deal are very tough. The Magic don't have to make this trade. They're not backed into a corner where a timeline is coming up or a deadline is near where they have to make a deal. So again, the question then becomes, is what you're bringing in greater than what you're sending out? Are you getting value? Are you accomplishing a goal in this trade? If the Magic are trying to move up into the lottery, don't think of it as trying to move up to get the second pick or the eighth pick or whatever it is. I hear a lot of people say, if you have a chance to get the second pick, you do it. That's not how this works. If you're sitting on the second pick, that's how you think. But if you're trying to trade up, you're trading up for a specific player. You're trading up for a specific need, a specific thing. Draft picks are like cars. They start to lose value once you drive them off the lot. And so what I've always asked for, what I've always said is the Magic have to be specific and focused on what they're trying to to accomplish and what they're trying to get. Again, the bottom line is this. The Magic are in no position to turn any trade offers away. If someone asks about any player on the roster, probably save for Jonathan Isaac. They have to listen. They have to explore it. They have to understand it fully, what they're, what they're risking, what they're giving up, and whether it's worth pursuing further. That's why we talked about Russell Westbrook to such an extent yesterday and kind of went through all those permutations. Russell Westbrook may not make sense for this Magic team, but he is too good of a player not to at least consider when he comes on the trade market, not to at least make a courtesy call to the Rockets and see what they're thinking. If the Magic didn't do that, I'd be disappointed. Whether that comes turns into a deal or not is, is another question entirely. The Magic obviously have work to do. The Magic obviously need to be willing to take a risk and make a trade. And Jeff Weltman is certainly in a position where he has to take a risk at some point. But they have to make the right risk. They have to make sure that what they're doing is clear and focused. So who might the Magic be targeting in the lottery? My best guess is, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, Killian Hayes, the point guards, um, Aaron Neesmith, Devin Vassell, the shooters, perhaps even trying to trade up to make sure they get the guy that I'm going to talk about a little bit here, RJ Hampton. The Magic have the opportunity to do this. The question is whether it is the right move to make, whether it is a risk that is appropriate to take. And frankly, I don't have the answer to that without more information. I don't have the answer to that. I can't form an opinion without more information. But it is certainly going to be a matter that is up for debate if the Magic do do it. Again, the big takeaway, the important point to remember is any trade the Magic do has to fulfill a specific purpose, 
has to fill a specific need, a long-term vision for this team. The goal for this Magic team this offseason and really this 2021 season is to start becoming the team they ultimately want to become. So we can fairly evaluate these rumors and, and what the Magic ultimately do when they've actually done it. Let's talk about my pick in the Locked On NBA Mock Draft here in just a moment. But if you are curious about what the Locked On NBA Mock Draft is, you're in the right place. I'm here to explain it. The NBA Draft is Wednesday, and the Locked On NBA Podcast is mock drafting every first-round pick. Every host of a team-specific Locked On podcast, just like this one, took the role of their team's general manager. You can call me Jeff Weltman because I played, I played the Orlando Magic in this scenario. We talked to each other. We made trades. We drafted picks, and we explained our picks, and they're all on the Locked On NBA podcast. Listen to the Locked On NBA podcast every day leading up to the draft to hear projections of each pick and expert analysis from Chad Ford, the Athletics' John Hollinger, and Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. Check the feed to catch up on past shows, and don't miss a pick. Friday's episode contains my pick for the Orlando Magic, which tease time we'll talk about here in a little bit. Little bit. Subscribe to Locked On NBA Today wherever you get podcasts. Don't forget, too, that Built Bar is back and more delicious than ever. You've heard me talk about Built Bar on this podcast for a long time. They've been a longtime sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network and this show in particular. They've also been a longtime fuel, well, since I got my first box, but they've been a longtime fuel for me as I power through my day and get through all the things that I have to do throughout the day. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious, coming in 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like cookies and cream, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps to go with the original flavors like German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate, all the good stuff. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy and great for the health-conscious person. Loser maintained weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Most of them are under 200 calories. All of them, I think, are under 200 calories. Most under 150 calories. This is not a meal replacement bar. This is a snack bar. It's delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we just talked a little bit about the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. Talk a little bit about the Magic, thinking about trading up and considering trading up. And I will admit, I've tried to trade up. The Locked On NBA Mock Draft, of course, going on now on the Locked On NBA Podcast feed. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's one of my favorite things that we do every year. We try to, we, we play our GMs. We try to make trades. We try to make the best pick for our team. And, you know, actually, I was looking back at some of the older Mock Drafts. Um, I've done not so great. Um, other people have also done not so great. Um, passing on Jason Tatum a few years ago was was not my best move. Um, that I, I had Jason Tatum pegged completely wrong, um, but I think a lot of people did too. Um, but uh, the, the only one that had it pegged right was Danny Ainge, and he turned out to be pretty correct. Um, 
it's it's a fun experiment. Um, it, it teaches me a lot about how other teams might view the Magic and, and view their players and, and what the Magic are capable of doing. And, and again, I think, you know, again, it, it comes with a little bit of a grain of salt that, you know, us as fans and observers don't have all the information and, and maybe all the all the access, certainly, that, that GMs do, but it does reveal a little bit. The first thing I want to talk about before I get into who I pick, I do want to talk about what I tried to do and, 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 and what my goal was in this mock draft. I had maybe five or six players that I really, really liked, and I wanted to make sure that I picked out of that group of five or six players. I wasn't sure where they would fall in the draft, and so my goal quickly became, I need to move up. I need to get up, and you know, I've said it throughout this entire draft process. I need to, I, I think there's more value in the 8 to 12 range than there was at the very top. I did make a courtesy call to the Golden State Warriors um, because that's a, that's a deal a lot of fans have been talking about, and I wanted to just gauge their interest. Um, they were not super keen on trading the second pick um, to, to Orlando for Nikola Vucevic or, Evan, or for Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, I said, you know, that's, I just wanted to make the courtesy call because a lot of fans have been talking about that. That's not necessarily, that's not frankly a deal that I'm interested in. Um, you know, I don't think the second pick is, is worth worth it for, for the Magic this time around. But in the 8 to 12 range, I, I did feel like there was a lot to, to do. Um, I called the Knicks. I called the Suns at 10. You know, we talked about frameworks for deal uh, earlier in the week. I called all those teams that I talked about, to be frank. I called the Suns. I called the, the Knicks. You know, I called the Spurs even just to kind of see if I could move up a few spots just to make sure I got my guy. I mean, I... I, again, I've said this throughout the entire draft process. If the Magic's guy is there, go get him. Don't care what the cost is. If your guy, if you think Donovan Mitchell is there, go get him. So I was very, you know, I was very aggressive trying to trade up. And frankly, I, I just didn't get a lot of interest. Um, you know, I, 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 and that kind of shocked me that, you know, we didn't get to kind of the secondary stage of talks. Um, the furthest I got in a trade talk was actually to move down um, with Dallas. Um, Dallas had acquired a pick, one of Boston's picks later in the draft. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, and uh, we had talked about trading 15 for Jalen Brunson and I think 28. And if one of my guys, you know, and once I kind of came to realize that I was going to be stuck at 15 or, or staying at 15, if one of my guys wasn't there, I would have done that deal and taken Jalen Brunson and said, okay, I got a draft pick plus a solid backup point guard in Jalen Brunson to replace uh, DJ Augustine. And I think Jalen Brunson would fit a lot of what the Magic want to do. So, you know, put that put that kind of a trade in your back pocket that, you know, if the Magic aren't happy with what they have, maybe a trade back for a youngish veteran to play that backup point guard role is there. But ultimately, as the draft started to play out, it became clear that I was going to get one of the guys that I was targeting, one of the players that I really thought was, was worth taking at 15 and, and would help this Magic team. As I say in my recap of where the Magic stand, um, this Magic team is desperate for stars. Um, and obviously, you're not going to probably get one at 15, but they need guys that can create and create shots for themselves. They need guys that have the potential to take that step up and play that role. To be frank, the Magic need to make a little, make a little bit of a home run swing. With the 15th pick, you could certainly get away with it. My preference would still be to play, play it a little bit more conservatively and go get guys that can add skill and, and, and still contribute to this team as they grow. Um, Aaron Neesmith of Vanderbilt is at the very top of my board. Devin Vassell is right there with him. I like Tyrese Halliburton a lot as well. Um, there, there are a lot of guys that I really like that it would just cost too much to trade up or that there just wasn't much interest to trade up. But I was still very thrilled with the guy that fell to me at 15. And that's RJ Hampton, um, who played in Australia last year. 
RJ Hampton was, I, I believe, number five uh, in Rivals 150 um, in the class of 2019. He opted to play in Australia and turn pro rather than going to college. And frankly, that might have hurt his draft stock a little bit. He looked a little overwhelmed when playing with pros in Australia, which again, maybe he'll feel a little overwhelmed playing with pros in the NBA. But the talent and the skill is undoubtedly there. Once he kind of got his, got settled, um, he started playing a little bit better, but his numbers are not anything to look at or not anything to go crazy over. He's still got an incredible first step. He's still very, very raw. He's able to get to the basket. He's able to finish with athleticism around the basket. He's still got all the talent. But the key to his development, the key to whether he will make it in the NBA or not, is his shooting. He did shoot worse than 30% from beyond the arc in Australia. But he's supposedly spent a lot of his uh, quarantine time, a lot of his time, working with Mike Miller, working with shooting coaches to improve his shooting. And the results, at least by what's been reported by the media, have been encouraging. The Magic did, in fact, work out RJ Hampton. Hampton confirmed that in a call yesterday, or on Thursday. Um, so the Magic probably do have some interest. And to me, this is the kind of big swing that I think the Magic need to take. They need to bring in a guy that has the potential to be much better than his draft spot. Not someone that's just going to come in and fill a role. And I certainly think Hampton can come in and fill a role at the beginning of his career. But someone who's going to become a little bit more. And obviously the talent is there with RJ Hampton. And I think that's what the Magic need to be fo- need to need to go for. They need to go for someone that can be, you know, maybe not the best player on the team, but be a very key player on the team to grow into a very specific role for the team or to grow into a bigger role for the team. Let's hear from Chad Ford of the NBA Draft Big Board to hear what he has to say about RJ Hampton. Athleticism, speed, leaping ability, hustle, little bit of an unknown, played in New Zealand uh, this year as far as just how good he would have been if he had been in a college basketball system. The big question for him, again, can he develop a jumper? And one of the real dangers that NBA teams are going to be facing over the next month is they're going to go into these gyms, these agent workouts, these one-on-one workouts, and, and guys like typically shoot the ball like pretty well. I have video of when I was going and watching Ben Simmons before the NBA draft with Rich Paul in Cleveland shooting threes and he was sinking everything that's as you know it's a lot different uh, in the game and Hampton's going to pop in so many other ways that's going to be um, really um, intriguing. So obviously the shooting is the big question with RJ Hampton. Um, that is a huge question and you know again Mike Miller you know he sought out Mike Miller who's an assistant coach with Memphis obviously former Magic Rookie of the Year. Um, and Mike Miller, you know, again, with the, with the reporting that I saw, Mike Miller seemed to be very encouraged. I'm not expecting R.J. Hampton to come in and be a 33% shooter. Um, you look at the work that Bruce Kreitzer has done, a Magic assistant coach with Kemba Walker, um, even with Michael Carter-Williams, to be frank. Uh, you know, Carter-Williams isn't a good shooter by any means, but he is a more reliable and consistent shooter. Um, I, I think the Magic have the infrastructure to continue to help him grow as a shooter. Um, but certainly that is a big, big factor in, in any decision because the Magic needs shooting. And, and if a guy can't shoot... A, it's hard for him to play a role, and B, it's hard for him to stick on the floor. But, you know, I talked about this with Kyra Lewis uh, from Alabama. The Magic need to start adding skills to supplement kind of the, this play style that they want to play uh, and uh, and, and su- supplement the length and athleticism they have. Like, Hampton does have a positive wingspan. Don't, 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 don't think I forgot about that. Um, you know, when I talked about Kyra Lewis, or at least what I wrote about Kyra Lewis, I mentioned that, you know, the Magic keeps saying they want to play fast. They want to they want to get up and down the court. And, you know, again, it's not that the Magic don't want to play fast. 
but they have players that don't have great end-to-end speed. You know, Nikola Vucevic, obviously a center, is kind of kind of a slow, lumbering guy. He plays at a slower pace. DJ Augustine played at one of the slower paces in the league, had the, one of the most negative impacts on pace. Evan Fournier is not a player that gets up and down the floor. Um, you know, you have guys like Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. You do need a secondary ball handler that can get up the court quickly. Markel Fultz knows how to control his speed, but he isn't necessarily fast end-to-end. Hampton adding some speed would be a huge benefit to this team. Um, just in transition, just getting out on the break. He would be a huge, huge plus for this team. Plus, again, you've got all that talent. You've got all that ability um, to be, to, 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 you've got all that ability to kind of take your game to the next level. Um, and, and, and again, it's about focusing that ability into a role that makes sense in the short term, but allowing that, that ability to, to develop and blossom in the long term in practices and when it, when it comes up in games. Um, Hampton is a big mystery. There's a reason why he's going to be drafted 15th or in that range. Um, no one really knows how he's going to translate or whether he can reclaim the promise and potential that he had in high school. Let's get another perspective, though, from Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks and the host of our Locked On NBA Mock Draft. Was a five-star high school prospect. He's still young. He just turned 19 in February. It's both accurate to say that Hampton was bad in the NBL and also that that's not like disqualifying given how young he was. Um, and given the sort of the structure of that league, the shooting was not good there. 29% from three, but a pretty small sample size in the NBL. 50, 51 three-point attempts is uh, not a whole lot there. He is a legit 6'5", I think, reported 6'7 wingspan, and really good athlete. Um, he's really bursty, pretty quick. Uh, I think he's a pretty good ball handler as well. There's some passing flashes in there. His finishing is a question people have. So if, um, I guess the, the worst case scenario for me for Hampton would be if the finishing doesn't get there and the jump shot doesn't get there, that's a bad combination and one that's kind of crippling for you. But if he, if he figures out one or the other, there's a lot in there offensively, especially with with his burst. And defensively, I think it's kind of a mixed bag. I think he has pretty decent feel, but he's not consistent at this point in time. He's got to get stronger, et cetera, et cetera. I think he is not going to be a point guard. Uh, there is a notion out there, at least from before he went to the NBL, that maybe he's a point guard. And I, I don't really see that. I think he is definitely more of a third guard um profile for me uh, obviously he has upside beyond that but I think it's going to be either next to a huge point uh next to a huge point guard as like maybe a co-lead ball handler or something like that but I, I don't see him being a point guard like a pure number one creator type on ball player and I agree with that I don't see RJ Hampton as a point guard either I think he is a two guard with some ball handling ability kind of a secondary playmaker honestly he play a lot of the role that Evan Fournier did, but but I, I think Hampton can play it much faster. I think he can get downhill and toward the basket a little bit more. Like he said, the shooting, the, the finishing is certainly a question. Um, you know, again, getting stronger will help with that, I think. But, um, you know, it, it, I agree with completely with what Brad says. He has to develop either the finishing or the shooting. He has to become elite at one of those to become a hit. But the talent is there. He can get to the basket. He can get himself in those opportunities to finish. He is athletic enough. He is fast enough to be that kind of player. And I think that's obviously a great place to start. Um, the, the potential with Hampton is very, very real. Um, and, and the upside with Hampton is very, very real. And that's why I made him my pick. That's why he was one of the players that I really focused on and wanted to make sure that it was on my list of players that I wanted to get. And I was very happy that he fell to me at 15. You know, if I had to trade up to, to eight and got him, that probably would have been a little much. Um, there, there's definitely players that I'd rather have over him. But if I'm sticking at 15 and, and, and Hampton falls to me, I'm very, very happy if I'm the Orlando Magic because this is a this is an extremely talented kid, an extremely talented player who has the potential to grow. And again, I think with a lot of players like Hampton, 
situation matters. If he's willing to come in and work defensively, if he has the mental makeup to, to be a, a, a hard worker, you know, go-getter, like play with energy, Steve Clifford's going to play. Um, Steve Clifford loves wants guys that, that fit that mentality, and, and the Magic need to scope that out before they, they draft him. And obviously, they, they certainly have more information than I do. I, I have no clue about, about that kind of mental makeup and, and, and whether he passes the kind of mental tests that the Magic put in front of him. Um, but if he can do that, he is cert- this is certainly, I think, a, a situation where he can grow and develop the right way. Um, you know, gets, if he gets drafted by the wrong team, Hampton could certainly get very, very lost. If he gets drafted by the right team, and I would, I would hope that the Magic are the right team, he could really blossom into a star player. And that's, that's what I think is really, really important at this time. So with the 15th pick in the Locked On NBA mock draft, I selected RJ Hampton. You could go listen to Locked On NBA for the rest of the Locked On NBA mock draft. And of course, tell me what you think about the pick and all the picks as well. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. We'll be back again next week. It will be draft week. We'll have plenty to get to as the draft takes hold. Um, of all of us and takes hold of everything heading into Wednesday's big day. We'll talk to you again next time. Have a great weekend, everyone. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.